when I offer something, it's for consideration. It's not to prove anything to you, to tell you what to do, to make you right or wrong. I'm just giving you the benefit of what I have observed and experienced for your consideration, if it may help you on the journey. I'm not trying to change you or shift you or make you wrong or fix you. That's a big one, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So what you cheat yourself out of that when you hold on so religiously, if I can use the word, or so fundamentally um, to your thoughts and ideas is that you cheat yourself out of the opportunity to grow. Welcome to the Chai Chat Podcast, solutions for empowered living, engaging, educating, empowering. Each week, your host, Tarun Puri, author of Finding the Guru Within, and Steve Harvey, mindset mentor to A-list celebrities and stars, bring a combined expertise of over six decades in mentoring, coaching, and inspiring positive solutions to the negatives which keep us stuck and unhappy. With a focus on solutions versus problems, in each episode, they discuss topics relevant to the human condition, which challenge us from moving forward into positive growth and ultimate freedom. Through stream-of-consciousness unscripted dialogue and inquiry, they provide practical, deep, and actionable insights to support you in creating and living a happy, successful, fulfilled life. Join us each week and learn how to access your own inner GPS, your guru positioning system, which comes preset with all the solutions you need for empowered living. Living a life of ease versus effort is only a thought away. Let us show you what works and what doesn't. Hello and welcome to Chai Chat. I am Tarun Puri. And I'm Steve Harvey. And today's episode is entitled The Power of Opening, Creating Through Ease or Creating with Ease. What do you think, Steve? Yeah, I'm topic? looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to see what comes through today. I'm I me too. I'm really wondering what we're all going to learn. As you know, uh these podcasts are unscripted. Uh, we've had a time to chat about these things, obviously, over time. But I've always just loved when we can open up a topic and throw it out on the floor, as it will, and look at it together from different perspectives and see what unfolds. And so I think today we're, we're going to get an opportunity to look at life as an opportunity to open. Now, I know that sounds a little bit strange, and I'm sure you're probably going, what the heck do you mean by that? I mean, life is life, right? We're just getting along and doing what we need to do. And when we need something, we get it done. But but what is this whole idea of the power of opening? And, 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 and uh, to boot, creating with ease, um, as opposed to what? And in my uh, studies earlier on, and as I um, uh, share in many places in my presentations, the energy of ease versus the energy of effort is very distinct. And prior to my uh, doing my energy studies, where we got to identify uh, how each energy felt in our own body. So in other words, if I was having a feeling, let me reverse engineer that, I learned how to identify that feeling and give it a name. And over time, I could tell regarding a certain situation uh, or a circumstance or a decision that I needed to make or something I need to get accomplished or desired, 
I could tell whether my body or my mind or I was running the energy of ease or whether I was running the energy of effort and whether I was actually being open or whether I was trying to make things happen. So I'm just kind of throwing this out to you that for me, when I'm talking about the power of opening, the whole concept is, can I open to as opposed to make happen? See, I don't know about you, but when I was growing up, whenever I wanted or needed something or I had a desire or a dream or a wish and uh, the message was constantly, well, you know, if you want that, then you have to make it happen. Okay. You have to put in effort. You have to work hard, which meant effort and struggle. Uh, Remember the no pain, no gain mantra, right? And somehow it was up to me to be the source of making something manifest in my life. And as I got to self-assess and going to a path of self-realization and self-reflection, I realized that the effort that I was so uh, proud of being able to generate uh, was really very unnatural to my being. And that the uh, and then the energy of effort actually was the foundation of so much stress, conflict, struggle, and all those negatives that brought my energy down and over time made me feel not so aligned or well or what I like to call diseased physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually. Whereas when I discovered that there was an alternate energy called ease. And I could equally access it if I was consciously choosing. And when I realized that that energy of ease was sourced in my soul consciousness, and it was how spirit, how how my inner guru functions, it's the fuel of the inner guru. And when I was able to access and activate and, and, and fill the tanks, if it will, with ease, there was flow in my life and things could manifest with a lot more flow and ease, synchronicity, even miracles, right? That I couldn't imagine how something had happened because I struggled at it and worked so hard at it. And suddenly the minute I chose ease, miracles happened. Literally, I'd go like, how did that get done so easily, right? And even with things that are difficult, So I think it's a really great topic for us to explore. And I want to get your thoughts on uh, the whole concept of opening, because in my practice, working with, of course, always myself and my clients, opening has been a challenge for most. And most individuals have walked around rather closed or shut down or unable to open or unwilling to open because somehow uh, that has been experienced or perceived or interpreted as a negative, that it wasn't safe or okay or wise to open. And here you and I show up and we go, well, let's have a look at the power of opening. So um, give me a few preliminary, your thoughts on this. Yeah, I think a lot of people have, and you say they're, they're, 
there's a negative connotation to that word opening. Uh, and so as a result, people have been walking around holding on. And so I like to think of holding on as like a clenched fist that nothing can enter and nothing can leave. Um, and we keep thinking, you know, what am I letting go of instead of, instead of thinking, what would I like to let go to? Wow. You know? And so, you know, and that's to the solutions that are all around us. Um, but also I think the reason why we're holding on, as you referred to earlier there, was we keep thinking that we have to do it our way. You know, Sinatra had it wrong. My way doesn't work. <laughs> I did it my way, right? And I, I want to, maybe I should write the follow-up song, At What Cost? Exactly, right. right. So, that, so will, that willfulness, yes. Yeah, and so, you know, when you were saying about, you know, tuning into the feelings and the energy, I have the similar process where I ask myself, does this create a feeling of comfort or discomfort? And mm -hmm. when I... If I feel that it's creating discomfort, I know that I'm using effort to try and manifest or create. But when it feels comfortable, then I know I'm coming from the place of ease. And what I like to refer to as the law of least effort, you know. And if you look at nature's intelligence functions with effortless ease, with carefreeness, harmony, and with love, you know, um, grass doesn't try to grow. <laughs> you know, can you imagine? It just grows. Right. Can you imagine the struggle uh, of the grass yeah. going? Okay, I gotta go. I gotta grow now. I yeah. mean, I only have this yeah. week, and I better grow, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> Fish don't try to swim; they just swim. You know. That's um, right. And so, what if you keep? If we look at nature. Nature is perfect, and everything's there. If we could only copy it and adapt it into our own lives. The word you know. that comes up for me as you describe nature and fish and is grace. Yeah. There's yeah. a grace. Yeah. Right? And how much yeah. do we envy people and athletes and artists that seem to embody grace? There seems to be an effortlessness. Now, come on. We know that there's been a lot of discipline uh, that has gone into them achieving a level of mastery. And let's explore that a little bit because, again, growing up, <clears throat> when did we get disciplined? When we did not put enough effort into something, apparently. See? So the word effort and discipline got um, connected with each other. And so I have people telling me now that they are changes that they have decided they need to make in their lives. There's behavior patterns, there's addictions, there's all kinds of situations, and they've come to terms that they want to make these changes, they see the value in them. And yet, at the same time, they're saying, you know, you know, don't get me wrong, I've made the decision, but I know it's going to be difficult, it's going to take effort. And I invite them to just stop for a moment, just hit the pause button, and say, well, I guess it could if you wanted to. And if you think that somehow you have to get uh, fully outfitted for the front lines to take on the demons and fight off your worst imaginings in a situation because it's going to be hard and it's going to take effort and 
uh, then you will be probably very good at creating that. I said, however, just imagine for a moment if instead of saying it's going to be hard, just accept that it's going to require discipline, which is really an inner decision to follow through on an action or a behavior that you have uh, decided upon and which is on purpose, if you will. So that while we recognize that certain trajectories are going to require more energy, it doesn't have to be hard. And I find the more effort I put into something, the more constricted, the more tighter I become, and the less flow there is. And ultimately, when I go into the energy of effort, it's almost like I'm working against nature. I'm working against the flow of how creation works. It's like the grass trying to grow or the leaf trying to sprout, okay? Or the rose trying to bloom perfectly, yeah. right? And it, it's, I mean, when we talk like that, people go, you guys are being so silly, but how often do we try constantly go, you know, uh, into always trying and we try so hard and we and we do our, our very best. We're very willful, like you were saying earlier. And and then if we don't get what we want or we drop the ball or if we fail, then we start beating ourselves up. Yeah. And at all, and while that program is running, I'm not open. What am I not open to? I'm not open to ease. My inner guru's ease, the higher power's ease, that's always is and always will be available to me. Because the language of the inner guru of higher power of soul is ease. It only knows how to create an ease as you see in nature. So again, it comes back to that, the law of least effort, you know. Um, can we be open to life, really? That's what it's about, is can we open to life and all that life has to offer? But I think you said earlier on, you know, it's like we're on guard. People are holding on uh, because they feel if they open, they're going to be vulnerable, and it's really because I think they're running a lopsided perception about certain things that there's only uh, benefits or drawbacks without benefits. There's only pain without pleasure, uh, and that's the illusion. But when you open to life, you're open to all of it, the pain, the pleasure, the sorrow, the joy, open to it all and have total love and gratitude and acceptance for what is. Um, and knowing that nothing in nature is ever wrong, never a mistake. You know, nature's never late, it's never early, everything happens on time, and it's always exactly the way it's supposed to be. And you don't see nature using effort, you know, so why do we have to use effort, you know? Um, you know as you know, through one my favorite band is Coldplay, and, and there's some yes. words from this from the song The Scientist, and it says, no one said it would. It was easy, no one said it would be this hard. Well, let's go back to the start. And going back to the start is the reset, you know, that we've discussed. Um, Absolutely. It's a reclaiming of our innocence, isn't it? It's right, like, exactly. and to me, when we reclaim our innocence and get back, reset to the start, we're basically saying, 
goodbye to the stories that have intervened and hijacked our knowing, you know, that we are whole and complete already. And isn't that innocence? Isn't there a wholeness and a completeness in innocence in that very essence of being? So that's those are great lyrics because, you know, the writer has said there's, it doesn't have to be easy or hard. We can just literally go back to who we are. Start. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And um, I think that's when, you know, when our internal reference point is our spirit, then all of our actions are motivated by love and there's no waste of energy. Or you were saying earlier on that when you come from that place of using a great deal of effort, then you feel that your energy becomes depleted. Very much, because if I tie, if I go from another perspective on this, when I put myself in charge of my own safety or my own nurturing or, you know, my own abundance, whatever it is in life that I think I have to make happen, then my ego steps in and says, great, let's do it. We're in charge here. And here's, you're going to have to work very hard and you're going to have to sacrifice and you're going to have to endure and, and, and you know, it may be miserable journey, but I promise some point you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's really the mindset and the energy. And then what I have to do is I have to use my own batteries, my own limited human energy. And I actually, through that process, switch off of having access to the unlimited universal battery, the one that is so huge that it, it never runs out. And, and that's why the universe creates effortlessly, right, and with such ease, because it is unlimited, or at least it's way more unlimited than you and I are, because while we're in the human form, we become limited in time and space. See, we're unlimited beings having a limited experience and it's hard to mediate that reality because when I look in the mirror, I see this limited being in time and space, which makes me forget that inside the being, the one that's who's doing the looking, right? uh, Is an unlimited being still. And that I have the ability to tap into the flow of that unlimited being, to move through and manifest through the limited form. And where this becomes key is that likewise, this flow is moving through you, through me, through all of creation. And by its own nature, it wants to give and support. And if I'm not open If my door isn't open, the breeze cannot come in and give me comfort. It's really simple. So, of course, when the door is open, I'm also, and you used the the V word earlier, vulnerable, right? Let's talk a little bit about that because people feel that, well, okay, I like the idea of opening because I could receive support. I could uh, receive um, um, sustenance or nurturing, but I could also end up being vulnerable uh, to some not so good things, okay? It's a very, I think, valid point in in one sense that we have a fear. 
I could be vulnerable to being judged or I could be vulnerable to someone really seeing who I was like and not like me. And, you know, um, so definitely opening uh, makes us vulnerable. But again, my finding over the years has been that my vulnerability is actually my greatest strength. Now to the A personality type, that's heresy. A lot of times with my clients who are A types, I make the, say that mantra a hundred times a day. And it tears them up because all their lives, they have done everything not to be vulnerable, not to be open, to be guarded, to be on guard. But what happens is that when I can be grounded and centered in who I am and connected with the source within me, my own GPS, then there's nothing to hide or hide from. There's nothing to prove because my worth comes part and parcel of my inner GPS. In other words, my worth is so deeply intertwined and such a fabric of who I am that it can never be taken away from me. And once I realize that, why wouldn't I be open? Yeah, yeah it's your being that's worthy, not your doing. You know, Thank you. And we, we go about trying to prove our worth and it will never be enough. But when we realize that it's not our doing, that it's our being is worthy, then we realize that we're more than enough. enough. That's right. The whole world enough, uh, am I enough, comes from, again, uh, the dictates of the ego, which is limited in time and space. And when I become identified with the ego structure, then I'm going to feel limited in time and space. Yeah. So that's the confusion that takes place that, when we look at ourselves in the mirror, we don't look at who is looking. Does that make sense? Because <laughs> yeah. if for a moment we could tune into who's looking back at me, it's you'd be awestruck. Because a perfectly good pair of eyes on a dead person don't look at anything. <laughs> well, right? They don't look anything. Yeah. Okay. So if we want to be alive and we want to acknowledge that we're alive, then we need to open to looking in a way to ask the question, who is looking back? Who am I? Mm -hmm. So opening, let's get very fundamental in a sense. I mean, a lot of people profess to be open because kind of sometimes it's not cool or chic to appear closed or rigid or and, you know, so many people will agree with you and they'll nod and they'll hear you and they'll even give you a hug, you know, at least in the good old days. And 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 yet on the inside, they are very um, invested in their own agendas and their own thinking. OK, so now to me, when I offer something, it's for consideration. It's not to prove anything to you, to tell you what to do, to make you right or wrong. I'm just giving you the benefit of what I have observed and experienced for your consideration, if it may help you on the journey. I'm not trying to change you or shift you or make you wrong or fix you. That's a big one, right? Yeah. <laughs> right. So what you cheat yourself out of that when you hold on so religiously, if I can use the word, or so fundamentally, um, to your thoughts and ideas is that you cheat yourself out of the opportunity to grow and to 
be able to um, change course as appropriate. I, I don't know about you, but in the last couple of years, several times I had to switch sides and change course and, and, and modify my thinking. In other words, I had to open to, 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 to uh, positions being put out there that in the past I would have said, are you crazy? That's not me. I don't align with that talk or that philosophy or I don't believe that, right? Because until that point, I believed what I believed based on what I knew or what I thought I knew. As the world started to change these last couple of years so radically, it sh- everything was shaken up and I had to do a reassessment. And upon reassessing, had I been so invested in staying right or on the right side or the left side or whatever, upside or inside, I don't care, what do you call it, but the side, if I'd been so invested because now my personality had been um, Tarun's always voted this way, thought this way, talked this way, liked this color, okay? So if Tarun had become identified with that, then I wouldn't have allowed myself to be challenged and to rethink and to reassess, which I think is so critical. If we don't do that daily, we don't grow and we don't go into mastery. So, but because I was never invested in being right or always having the right answer, yes, in the moment right now, I feel and think and believe what I do based on what I know. But in the next moment, when you present something to me, that is outside my comfort zone or or really pushes me or triggers me or challenges me, um, I choose to be open to consideration. So that if you tell me something and it resonates, that's a gift. If it goes the other end and really makes me want to not be nice to you, then instead of reacting and closing, I take that and I put it on the back shelf. I have an area here called the back shelf. And I put it in the maybe <laughs> file. Yeah, I put it in the maybe file. I go, okay, Steve, I think you're really off your rocker this time for sure. I really think you've lost it. I don't like what you're saying, but it's really bringing up something in me that's making me want to not be a nice, a sweet, gentle person. Yeah, it's my nature. And so, so, but I'm going to put it in the maybe file because I cannot know until I know, until my own experience tells me one way or the other. So I stay open and that's the maybe. Yeah. Really about being open-minded. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. There you go. You said it just in one line. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so many people profess to be open-minded, but yet they spend so much time trying to convince other people of their point of view. That's right. Yeah. But I think truly the gift of opening is when we relinquish the need to convince other people of our point of view. And is that a huge need or a huge need? What is it about us anyways that needs to convince others to come on our side of the equation? What is it biology? Is there just something about if I get enough people um, joining me, then there's numbers and somehow, I mean, is it as primal as that or? Um, yeah, I'm just enough likes on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been looking at my Facebook again? Uh, <laughs> we're, somehow we're compelled to get people on side. It's like, you know, somehow, I mean, there's a difference between the enthusiasm that I feel and the inspiration that I have. 
when I feel I've seen the light. Okay, let's just use a big, you know. Now, the question is, how can I be respectful of your boundaries in sharing where I'm coming from without having to have to manipulate you into coming on side? And, you know, how many times do you appreciate somebody coming to your door and telling you that the life you've been living has been totally wrong and screwed up and not okay and there's only one way? Right. Well, uh, it, it certainly doesn't feel like an invitation for consideration to me. See, so the power of opening is not becoming indiscreet. Like, okay, so today you say to me, Tarun, you got to be open. I need you to go into the world from tomorrow open. That doesn't mean that now I become this repository of whatever is flying in the universe has to go through my energy, or that somehow I have no more filters and I'm just inappropriately open and 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 out of context in, in everybody's business that's not what opening is to me i could be a very very open person i could be in a situation a business situation or or some kind of a huge meeting and um i could be totally quiet for hours and it doesn't mean that i'm quiet because i'm closed see right it's just that when i'm open I allow the guidance from within me to begin to inform how uh, how appropriate it is for me to contribute and in what manner. See, I'm open to the wisdom. A lot of times when we're doing session work, there'll be amazing things that get said. I want to say by me, but it's usually through me because I open to the wisdom of the universe and, and all the millions of hearts and minds that have passed before us that have left a library full of insights if we're open to them. And every year, I don't know about you, but I, I, I begin to recognize how little I really know. Yeah. So I hear you saying then, uh, how do you know when you're open? Yes. That's really when you when you when you're able to embrace the present moment. Okay, but sometimes somebody may say to me, well, but right now the present moment sucks. Why should I embrace it? Well, I, right? I would say, I would come back to that every situation, every moment has got an equal benefit and drawback. And so but, what's not to love about it? Right, but as long as we are running a lopsided perception about the present moment that it sucks, then we're not seeing both sides of the coin. We're running a lopsided perception, which in turn is running us. Okay, so what you're telling? Okay, so let me let me let me try to translate that into how I'm hearing you. That I mean, from a basic Eastern Western philosophical point of view. We learned that we are born in duality. That means there's night and day. And so after every day, guess what's going to happen? There's going to be night, right? I mean, that's a fact of um, yeah. creation. And so likewise, what you're telling me, as we've talked about in my book, about the yin and the yang in relationships, and that every time we uh, approach a situation, we it would benefit us to recognize that every situation comes with both the light and the dark, the good and the bad, uh, the drawback and the benefit, okay? So downside most of us are- Downside, yeah. Right, because most of us are trained to only look for 
the good taste, the good benefit, leave the bitter behind and leave the sour behind. And yet in Ayurveda, in Chinese medicine, the bitter and the sour are hugely healing to the body in the right time at the right uh, time and space and context, right? So, and we try to avoid the bitterness. We tried. And what you're telling me is that being open means being present in the moment and that which keeps us from being present are all our experiences and the stories around those experiences, especially when things have been um, hurtful or there's been struggle or conflict um, or we feel unsafe. And what you're saying is that side by side to that quality that we are focused on is it's equal and opposite quality that you may access or at least be aware of. Is that what you're saying? They live in like, they're like a side-by-side house. One is never without the other. Exactly. Right. So, because you know me, I'm so practical. I I need to know how I can begin to be happy about some of the stuff that's going on lately that has been very upsetting, to be honest. It has made no sense to me. It's been insane and it has impacted me uh, and I want to feel empowered and I want solutions as I'm sure many of her friends do. And, 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 and it seems like it's relentless. It just keeps on, you know, I just feel almost locked out of my own life. I feel, and what happens is when I, whenever I shut down, I'm not open. I hold back. I hold back. I hold back uh, speaking, expressing, uh, you know, I hold back so many aspects of me. I hold back giving. Or like It's almost like I have to withdraw because once it's closed, it's closed. And therefore, I can't access the world in a way that is also very important to me to feel a part of something. So I want to be open. And I understand there's a power in it. And what you're saying is, you're not telling me that if I open the dark's going to go away. You're just saying to me that when I open um, and stay open and present, recognize that by the, with the dark, there's also the light and it comes as a package deal. Yeah, and I think when we talk about, you know, the opening, that's really the action that we take. Or, okay. Or, you know, so, but before we take the action, we have to go back a few because... What I like to share with my clients is that thoughts create a disturbance in the body's energy system, which determines how you feel, which then determines the actions you take, which determines the results or the outcomes that you get. Okay. Now, the reason we don't open oftentimes is because, as I said, we're running that lopsided perception that it's not safe, that it would be more pain than pleasure, more sorrow than joy, there's more risks of opening than remaining closed. And what I'm saying is that every event, not just some, but every event, and this is a universal law, every event has an equal benefit and drawback. Okay. And when we're, but what happens is most of the time we're conscious of the drawbacks, but we're unconscious of the benefits. Right. See? Okay. But then again, when we say we run infatuation, you know, of a celebrity or, you know, our idols, then what do we do? We're conscious 
of the benefits, but we're unconscious of the drawbacks. Okay, okay. And so I think the, the whole thing that prevents us from opening in the first place is that story that we're running, which is a lopsided perception. It's not safe, and you said so it becomes one big holdback. Yes. But before the holdback has to be the thought, which determines the disturbance in the energy field, which then determines how we feel. And unless, you know, most of the self-help books uh, through the, the 80s and 90s is all about being, uh, being about changing the action to get a different outcome. Yes. And I think for the most part, while they, they may have meant well, they missed a big piece of the puzzle. And that was, you know, that the cause of all the negative emotions was a disturbance in the body's energy system. And so it's like, it's the source code. It's right. the source code. Like, let's go to the source exactly. code and see where yes. the program is running so that we can assess that and recognize that we are able to change the program at the source level. Exactly. Right? Change the thought and you change your life. Really, if we're getting back to that point. So if I'm moving through life and I'm feeling that... Um, I'm not being supported. Nobody supports me. Nobody cares. Um, and I come I come over to you and say, Steve, help me. Nobody cares. Nobody wants to support me. Nobody ever calls me. No matter, you know, does anything for me. Uh, and and what's going on here? So, from a point of view of opening, right? You can't. The, <laughs> what's you that? You can't. You can't opening from that standpoint, from playing that blame game, you know, that playing that victimhood story. You okay. can't open. But when I turn around to you, if you came to me and you asked and you said that to me, the first thing I'd say to you would be, was, so what's the gift in it? Oh, and I'd kind of look at you like, what? You're supposed to help me. So what's the gift in it? Okay. And I'd have nobody's to there to support you. What's the gift? Well, then I have to look at how I can support myself or be right, there because me. in the universal laws, again, nothing is ever missing. That's the illusion, you see? So okay. we think there's a void, but the reality is our voids become our highest values. And so no one's there to support you. So that becomes the most important thing in your life is to find support. Right. Likewise, yeah. if you don't have food at home, the most important thing is to find food. Right? So your void becomes your highest value. So when you have the story that nobody supports me, then finding support becomes your highest value. And what do you do? You become the support for you. So I could, if, if nobody's putting food on the table, I can't get it. Perhaps something's going to push me to go outside and plant a few seeds. Exactly. Right? Like a, a, something I may not have looked at or done because I was so busy looking out there going, why is nobody bringing me food? Uh, exactly. it, it, so, likewise, but also this, investigating yeah. that story that somebody should bring me food. Now, is that true? <laughs> okay, so going a whole layer back again to, and yeah. so what you're getting to there is very key, actually, in my work, uh, especially for many years there. I kept on finding myself having to bring my clients back to this very point, um, which is. And, and, and you alluded to it a little bit earlier, actually, 
<clears throat> we kind of zipped by it, but it kind of struck me when you said it, it was it was more about um, what is it that you can open to. Mm -hmm. uh, just for a moment, like let us sit for a moment. Yeah. So opening to the solutions that are all around us and within us, you see? That's right, because people almost think that um, there's almost like something I have to do that I do not know how to do. It's almost like, okay, well, Steve, I would open, but I would have to know how, and then, you know, what do I have to do? How do I make opening work? As opposed to just making this, this call, this inner decision that there is an intelligence within me, a source code that's at work that is already pre-programmed with all solutions that I'm seeking. And can I just choose to open and almost be still, right? Can I be still enough and open enough to receive that which I need to sustain me. Now, being still doesn't mean couch potato, right? <laughs> right. 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 Like you know, it, that's a that's a great topic. That because it took me a long time to get that, and and this is a this is a true story. Years ago, I used to have a little angel card on the dashboard of my car, and mm -hmm. it said on it, "Take time to be still. How else can you receive?" Wow. Beautiful. And, yes. and I, at the time, I had got three speeding tickets within a six-month period. <laughs> <laughs> and I, rem I remember thinking, well, I'm receiving, but it's just not the form that I want. Right. And then one day, I left the house, and two minutes later, I totaled my car. And the universe had been sending me these little messages. Take time three to times. be still. Three times. But three like, times. Hello. I still never got it. So finally I said, okay, my God is total the car. Now you can't drive. Now I was still. Yeah. Now I got the message. See? And so often that's the human condition. It's only when, you know, life throws us a curveball and forces us to stop to be get the aha. Uh -huh. But, but it's not even a curveball, Steve. It's it's coming at you in front of your face, really. I mean, yeah. that's a surprise. Like when you think about it, it's curveball, is like I didn't see it coming. Hello. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And and look at the high cost to you yeah. to get that. Like, I mean, look at the price. So uh, out there in, in, in podcast land, how many people are paying a huge price right now? because they won't take time to be still and allow yeah. the universe to support them. I have really always, I, I, I want to say always, let's say for the last 20, 30 years, you know, I'm a meditator and I've grown yeah. up in a very rich environment in which prayer and meditation and stillness were always valued. So I'm not a stranger to stillness. And actually, I love it and I crave it. Uh, because I see how much it sustains me. And yet I have a mind that doesn't stop. It loves to fly just like your car. Okay. If they could give speeding tickets 
for how fast my mind goes sometimes. I don't know if I'd be able to afford it. I'd probably be doing time somewhere, right? I mean, so it has been always a very interesting process in, in acknowledging how my mind loves to fly, literally, at full tilt, and how I crave and desire and see the value of stillness. Um, because it's only in the stillness that I can be open and and receive. And every time I do that in my meditations, every time, oh, and I just got it, that you know what keeps me flying, if I had to be really honest? What fuels the that, that vehicle that flies? It's fear. Yeah. It's fear. Yeah. Right? Not enough. Yeah. Uh, uh, I, I run out of time. Uh, won't quite make uh, the mark. Um, it's 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 uh, my security, my insecurity about my security. It's fear, and so let's put it this way: if I feel myself from that fear, which is a really great ally of the ego and the human consciousness, then um, how can I be open to receive? I'm just too busy. Um, trying to stay safe. So I've battened down the hatches and I've secured things so beautifully that I don't know what it would take for me to even be able to receive, even if it was something was trying to be given to me is what I'm saying. And I find that so often. The very thing that I went around the whole planet searching for and seeking, the minute I stopped, right? The minute I stopped, it was always there. It was brought to me. And do you think the reason why people are unable to receive is it because they feel that they will have to owe someone in return? That's an excellent point. There's a there's a, a quality uh, uh, that we talk about in energy training, which is called clean giving and clean receiving. And we, when we were in training with the teachers many decades ago. Uh, we discussed this very point. Um, see, if you want to, you know, you see that I'm having a tough time and you feel for me and you really care about me and 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 and, and yet you want to write me a check and help me out, I may have a hard time accepting that because I don't want the strings that go with it. Because oftentimes, you know, and then six months later, you're going to remind me what you did for me, right? Or maybe in a year, you might bring up something or maybe five years, like, I don't know. And in order to protect myself from not be to be beholden to you, um, I will, I will um, stop myself from receiving. When you look at the concept of clean receiving, this is a, this is a beauty. You can actually practice receiving something, anything, a check, okay? Even when it has strings attached to it. See, you, Steve, have the freedom and the free will to write a check to me that has strings attached to it. That's your business. Yeah. I have the freedom to receive it cleanly. That's your business. <laughs> That's my business. I yeah. can say, thank you, and I can receive it cleanly, and I don't have to receive the strings that go with it. It's a really right. tough one to really get around because in our families, we have been given help with consequences. We've been given help with conditions. I paid for your this, and then I helped you there, and this is what I get. You know, I mean, we don't, nobody wants to feel guilted, right? 
And mm-hmm. very few people sometimes can even give as cleanly or maybe they're not as clean as they think they are. It's all about our expectations, isn't it? That, well, I, I helped you, Steve. You know, I helped you a lot. So so I, I just wanted to point that out, you know, just in case, yeah. you know, and right, can I put it in writing? And 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 so you can't change me reminding you daily of all, you know, but you can change how you filter that and how you receive it, okay? So in other words, things don't come to us packaged perfectly in the way we need them to know that, you know, um, it's a perfect fit. Sometimes the universe gives us a bit of fun with it. You mentioned earlier on about not feeling supported, you know, and so it's about, I think that, you know, giving and receiving with clean energy, you know, can we invite in the gift of support that includes everyone? Very much so. And, and, you know, I'm so glad you bring up the idea of the gift of. Mm -hmm. Because as you know, we very much work with uh, a source called the gift book, uh, which is an amazing resource of different gifts, 110 gifts that we can call into our lives at times when we feel we need it. Yeah. So instead of you having to come up with support for me or me having to come up with my own support because I feel weak, I feel tired, I feel overwhelmed, um, we can learn how to invite the gift of support to be the support. And a gift is beautiful because it carries us. We don't carry it. And you know that through the series and right through this podcast, we'll be talking a lot about the different gifts at different times. And uh, our friends uh, hopefully will become as enamored with them and and draw as much sustenance from them as we have for decades now. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because uh, a gift is a wonderful way to look at it. So that if I'm feeling weak, it would do no good for you to tell me to be strong because the fact is I'm feeling weak. I'm in a compromise, I'm in grief. Um, I couldn't couldn't be strong if my life depended on it. So, and you're trying to be helpful to me, but I'm like, stop telling me to be strong because I can't. Okay. I'll just go over it. <laughs> yeah, or yeah, that's probably what you would say. All right. Are just you go over it. Or, just yeah, or let just it get go. Over. Right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Or let it go. As if if I could have, I needed you to tell me, right? Like this is yeah. but we're trying to help people with awarenesses and tools that we don't have. And so instead, if you say to me, Tarun, you know better, I I, I recognize that you're feeling vulnerable and weak and unable, and you could use some strength. How about inviting the gift of strength? When we invite the gift of strength, we're engaging our inner guru. We are turning to the higher power within us. Exactly. We're turning, returning to the source. And that's the point I was making 10 minutes ago. You know, with all my legal training, I usually get to the point sooner or later. Yeah. Usually it's later. So what I was going to make a point about earlier was that what we are opening to is ultimately the one source that sustains life, the universe, the cosmos, the creation. That Okay, I won't get carried away. But the point is there's one source and only one source. And this has been one of the biggest uh, insights that I've been able to have clients with over the years. And I think we'll probably look at the list here and see if we're going to do a uh, maybe a, a, a whole podcast around it, or maybe it, it will weave itself through many of the topics because it's very, very difficult to look at a topic on relationship or 
success or fear or um, addictions or any of those topics that we're going to be talking about and not acknowledge that where in our human consciousness and the identification with it that we fall is by mistaking human beings and human situations as being our source, period. Yeah. It, it, it's it's uh, it's a huge error that we make, but a very legitimate one. Because, again, when I look in the mirror, I see this form and I mistake it for who I am. Yeah. Okay, I mistake it. I think, oh, there's Tarun. No, actually, there's Tarun's body. There's Tarun's vehicle. Right? Yeah. Likewise, I may I may mistake you as being the source of my happiness. Okay. And that's what happens then, in relationships a lot. Oh my gosh. I think we're getting into next week's topic. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, it's very hard in an artificial way to keep topics separate, but you're right. It's the minute I make any anything or anyone that's human my source, I set myself up because they're human. What does it mean to be human? It means, well, guaranteed, sooner or later, the ball will be dropped. Because that's what being human is. It's imperfect. Yeah. It's not bad or good. It's just the fact of, you know, I'm human. I'll be able to hold you up for only so long. And if you require me to hold you up for longer and make me the source of your support, we're going to have trouble here. And hence, you know, my guilt for not being good enough or strong enough or devoted enough or caring enough and you're blaming and all the dynamics begin again. So a huge insight really that I remember session after session saying to people, you're making your spouse, your source by mistake. And we will talk about this in the next episode. And what are the consequences that you're making your children, your source. There's a whole series we could do on parenting. Okay. Um, You know, uh, people make their pets, their source. You know, <laughs> okay, all right. I know I'm treading on very, very um, touchy ground when I go to pets. You know, parents, kids, wives, husbands, we can talk about. But when you go to pets, it's very sacred territory, right? But right, right. again, it's like the core realization in my growth in my life has been that there's only one source. And that source has everything that I need and more. All I need to do is get this open to it. Exactly. And that's the practice of living spirituality, the reminding myself that I have a choice in this moment. I feel angst. I feel anxious. I feel um, unsure. I feel insecure. I feel unsafe. I I, I don't know what's going to happen or why is it happening or why isn't it happening or or where this is going to come from, or or all of those things that we call life. And the, the reason we're doing this series is, and yet, when I can anchor myself to that place within me by grounding, by centering, and by saying a big hello to the source, again, taking or continuing on that journey without distance, which is what we call going back to finding your guru within. If I can take one more step towards that source, even though all the attention 
is being drawn outside of myself to fix things and take care of stuff. And what, Tarun? I mean, all of Rome is burning and you're going to go quietly and meditate? Like, have you lost it? Right? Like, hello? Wait a minute. Like, but all of Rome is burning. Shouldn't you be out there, out there fixing it? See? And it sounds quite logical and quite compelling. So, yeah. again, in this whole series of From Reset to Renewal, we, we want to explore the many ways in which we can be reminded where our awareness can be tweaked to know that we are not alone ever because we have an inner GPS and that that part of us really does know what's best for us because it is us actually, the authentic version of us. And we need to consider regaining its trust, reconnecting with it, like maybe an abandoned friend or someplace, you know, where you haven't been for a long time. And that's the journey. Yeah. So what I hear you saying then is when we tap into that power of opening, then you start to combine, you know, acceptance, responsibility, and defensiveness. <laughs> yes. Your life, your life then starts to flow with effortless ease. Is that right? Hundred percent, because as life is happening, very well put. Because as life is happening, as life is happening to me, let's say, okay, um, it's like this. I'll give you a very quick example in martial arts training. is a very compelling. So, we're both in the room, and you come along, and you're you know very trained and high end master martial artist, and I'm just learning, and you grab my arm. And you start pulling me. And I think, oh, my God, I've got to fight him. I've got to pull away. I'm not going to let him. Like, I've got to do everything I can for him not to get me. Mm-hmm. And the more I resist and fight you and engage with you, the more power you have over me. You can control me, especially if you have a few skills and know-how. Yeah. Anybody feel that way in life sometimes? Right? Uh, Where they you get... resist, persist. Right. Okay. Now. Yeah. Same scenario, second time, the big bad martial artist comes along who's going to get a control of me by grabbing my arm. But this time, I don't want them grabbing my arm. I don't want them having control over me. But what do I do? And I can't stop them from grabbing my arm. So this sounds like life, doesn't it, sometimes? Like I can't can't stop them from Mm -hmm. grabbing my arm. But what I can do is I can do the wet noodle thing. I know this is very highly technical term. Uh, I'm, sure Bruce, <laughs> I'm sure Bruce Lee created it. It's called the wet noodle. And what I do is, with all my awareness, I just ground and center, and I allow my arm to become a wet noodle. Absolute offer zero resistance. Like, I do the total opposite of what any rational thinking logical person would want need to do. Okay. The minute I become the wet noodle, and you should try that. So it's really interesting. When we did these experiments, it was mind-blowing. No matter how skilled the attacker was or the controller, they could not control me. They couldn't make me move to or where they want me to move. They had, they had no power over me. It drove them crazy. It drove them crazy. And me, I was totally at ease. 
So there is really creating with ease. Who would have thought? You love to tell another story. (laughs) Well, exactly. Because you see, it's from that place where you're not giving your power away. And the martial arts are brilliant at showing you because martial arts are all about energy management. And energy management is all about every thought that you have. Because every thought is a transmission. And we are transmitters and receivers. And that's how we are functioning in this world, one thought at a time. And our reality is being created by the aggregation of thoughts. That's the mass mind or what I call the group mind. So if we want to see the change, like Gandhi said, then be the change. How do, what does that mean practically? It means change your thought. It's that simple. Open to seeing another way. So instead of me sitting here and being very upset that there isn't peace in the world, I can actually change my thinking and I can, again, open to seeing another way. Do you see how the power of opening has so many subtle layers within it? Okay, so am I, am I so caught up in my belief that peace can never be because because I have the statistics to prove it and, and I just look around you and, you know, and yet I'm craving it and yet I'm arguing against it and I bought into a reality and we'll go into some of these topics at another time. But ultimately, can I take a moment, sit down over a hot cup of chai and open to the possibility of seeing a different outcome? open to the possibility of seeing me and my neighbor and my friend across the way coexisting beautifully. Because if I can't even open to seeing it, it will never happen. And so the power of opening is really to look within. And I want people, as we wrap up here, to go away with a few questions for themselves. I would like our friends to ask themselves, Do I consider myself to be an open person? If so, how would I know? Mm -hmm. How open am I really, especially in those areas of my life where I feel the most vulnerable? It could be physical, mental, emotional, spiritual. It could be weight. It could be um, religion. It could be, you know, so many of the things that we hold so dear to our identity, okay? And um, what is it that I could open to right now that would bring ease into my life? Now, remember, you don't have to know how. You don't have to. It's nothing that you have to make happen. It's just a decision on the inside. Are you open to seeing another way for yourself, for your life, for your families, for your neighborhoods, for your pets? You know, for the world, are you open? Because the power of that thought multiplies exponentially. The more of us that can open to see another way. And transformation can be like a wildfire. So that's the power of opening. Go ahead. And if if the answer comes up when you ask that question is no, then can you simply invite in the gift of opening? Thank you very much. We have a whole write-up on the gift of opening here. And yes, when I don't even know how to open or I'm having resistance to it, the thought of it, then am I willing? 
Because with willingness, all is possible. So at least am I willing to consider opening and I'm willing to invite the gift of opening to be the opening. And test it out, people. Don't take our word for it. Go into your week, go into your weekend, go into your month saying, as uncomfortable as it might feel or as unnatural maybe because you're used to a certain way, you know, I'm going to choose opening. And, you know, this topic is so huge, Steve. We're just we're just opening the can, if you will. (laughs) We're just scratching the surface, and I want to invite you uh, to join me. Um, Let's put a a couple of days together and do a wonderful seminar on the power of opening, uh, where we can go a bit deeper into some of the aspects of where there's power and where uh, specific areas in our lives we can benefit from opening. And, uh, you know, we can all jump in on a worldwide uh, group and learn from each other. How do you, what do you think of that? I think that would be fantastic. Okay. Well, yeah. we'll have a look at this and uh, um, see what we can come up with. But for now, thank you so much for uh, joining us for a chai and chat. And uh, we look forward to seeing you um, and uh, connecting with you uh, with our next episode. So I'm Tarun Puri. And I'm Steve Harvey. Still. Still. And, <laughs> and uh, we we look so forward to uh, sharing in this um, beautiful journey called life in gratitude uh, with all of you out there. Bye for now. Bye-bye. trust you found practical value in this podcast and will enthusiastically share it with others in your circle. And if you are so moved, leave us a review or write a post on social tagging hashtag Chai Chat Podcast and we will show our appreciation. Promise. Tarun Puri and Steve Harvey welcome you to join us for a Chai Chat at all of our live events and more. Connect with us with your questions, topic suggestions, and reviews at info at chaichatpodcast.com.